This episode of TGC Podcast is sponsored by Acts 29 with an invitation to their 2024 Next Conference happening April 15th through the 17th in Dallas, Texas. You don't want to miss this great lineup of speakers, including Sam Albury, Matt Chandler, Brian Loritz, John Piper, and more. The Next Conference will equip and encourage church planters and church leaders of all types for church ministry. To learn more and register for Next, visit acts29.com slash next. TGC podcast listeners will receive a special discount of $20 off registration prices by using the code TGC. Again, visit acts29.com slash next. That's acts29.com slash next. This episode of TGC Podcast is brought to you by Crossway. Do you long to understand the Bible in a deeper way? The ESV Study Bible was created by a diverse team of leading Bible scholars and teachers and features a wide array of study tools, including extensive study notes, topical theology articles, Bible character profiles, and more, making it a valuable resource for serious readers, students, and teachers of God's Word. Pick up a copy of the ESV Study Bible wherever Bibles are sold or visit crossway.org slash plus to find out how you can get 30% off. This episode of the Gospel Coalition podcast is sponsored by Baker Books, presenting The Power of Christian Contentment, a book by Andrew Davis on finding deeper, richer, Christ-centered joy. Learn more at bakerbookhouse.com. This is the Gospel Coalition podcast, where we seek to renew the contemporary church in the ancient gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Colin Hansen. On today's podcast, Jeremy Treat and Eric Tonis discuss the question, how is brokenness different from sin? Brokenness is a category that we use to describe the effects of sin, I would say, along with woundedness and insecurity and a difficulty in loving people and being loved and receiving love and having a positive sense of who we are. But sin needs to be defined in relation to God. And if not, we're really missing the definition of sin. So sin is offense against a holy God because of our rebellion against him. And that's where sin needs to start in its definition. And then it's great to talk about all the effects sin has on us and be sympathetic toward those and help to alleviate those. But the solution to sin has to start with the problem we have with God, that David's right when he says in Psalm 51, against you only you have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Yeah, so I think in this question, there's there's a tension that we have to understand our terms a little bit, but I think there's a danger in this of for preachers of being able to talk about brokenness without talking about sin, mm-hmm. of a way of appealing to the pain, the suffering, the difficulty of life, um, but in a way that doesn't necessarily uh, call people out for their role in that. So right, right. I don't know, do you, how, do, how do you feel like you've seen this play out in culture? I certainly have. Well, s- something like the doctrine of hell, which is a direct result of God's wrath and hatred of all sin and evil, which we want God to have. You don't really have a category for it if all we talk about is the effects of sin Mm -hmm. on us and God isn't the main issue with sin. And so even having a a category for those attributes of God, for his judgment of sin in hell, for instance, 
we really struggle with it. But if we start with a holy God who, of course, hates sin, yeah. then and only then will the cross make sense because the cross is not just God's love, it's God's justice, mm-hmm. it's his wrath on display as well. Mm-hmm. And so for the cross to make sense, for the gospel to make sense, we've got to start with a God who hates sin and evil and judges it. And I know you've done a lot of work in the atonement, and the atonement, I think, has been deeply affected in the way people want it to be Mm -hmm. rather than how it really is in the Bible because we don't start with a holy God who, of course, hates and judges sin and curses it on a cross. Yeah, and if we don't talk about how bad the bad news is, then we won't appreciate how good the good news is. And that's why I think we do have to, we have to understand the weight Mm. of sin and sin being rebellion against God and and an attempt to replace God with other things as well. I do think that there's a there's a place then to talk about brokenness and that's a really helpful category mm-hmm. not when it replaces talking about sin right. but when it helps us understand more broadly the holistic effects of sin. Right, cuz the Bible's packed with God's empathetic care for how yes. sin has damaged his people and moving yeah. toward them in that and we should do the same but but not as something as you say people will like hearing because we're recognizing how hard life has been on them mm-hmm. in a fallen world but if we don't address the fundamental problem of our offense against the holy god in our sin we're going to miss the true gospel message and what's ultimately best for our brokenness and our woundedness and will give true healing in those ways. Yeah. Here's how this has played out for me really practically as a pastor and as a preacher. When I'm preaching, I want to be able to call people to Scripture to see the holy love of God and to acknowledge their own sin. But what I've also felt the weight of increasingly over time is that the suffering and the pain that people experience isn't only a result of their own sin, but also a result of the sin of others placed upon them. And so I feel like the category of brokenness is helpful in being able to say to people, you have sinned and Christ has borne the guilt of your sin on the cross, but you have also had the sin of others placed upon you and that shame placed upon you, and Christ has borne that shame as well. So to me, I think being able to speak to people holistically in the responsibility of their own sin, but also recognizing the sin of others. That's especially true when it comes to victims of abuse mm-hmm. um, and those who have really been marginalized and, and are victims, truly victims, mm-hmm. to be able to see God's grace towards them, not in a way that dismisses their own sin, but acknowledges the sins of others. Right. So if we use words hurt, wounded, uh, broken, uh, suffering only, we won't get to the ultimate issues we need to in the lives of those people. And we may feed a victim mentality people may have where they're not willing to own that they're not just victims, but victimizers as well. Mm-hmm. And part of the problem, not just affected by the problem. Yeah, I think if we don't talk about sin too, it also doesn't allow us to call the oppressors mm-hmm. to justice. Mm-hmm. If we're just talking about brokenness, general kind of the world isn't the way it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be, it doesn't allow us to say the people who are oppressing, that's sin, and they need to be held accountable. So I think it's uh, we've got to understand the weight of sin, but be able to apply it in the right ways. And brokenness, again, as a holistic way of seeing the effects of sin has a place in that. So let me ask you this. You used the term before, you need to 
talk about the bad news before you talk about the good news. In light of what we're saying then, is it even helpful to use a term like bad news for that? Because without that, it, you don't get to the good news, but isn't it all good news when we're telling people the truth? Yeah, yeah well, wonder... no, it's good. I, I think about it like going to the doctor who's going to give you a diagnosis, sure, right? Sure, yeah. And so if you're going in and you have a heart condition, yeah, yeah. And the doctor, the best, most loving, most truthful thing they can do mm. is to say, you've got a problem with your heart. Right. If the doctor said, you know what, you're okay, just put a Band-Aid on it, right. keep going, that's unloving. So it, it's hard news. Hard news, yet, hard to hear. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it's, it's loving, it's gracious, it, and, and at the end of the day, it's comforting too. Uh, right. you, you talk with people who have been sick and who the doctors can't diagnose it. And what, finally, when they figure out what it is, there's a sense of relief yeah. of, oh, now I know what this is. Now I know what the remedy could be to it. So in that sense, I do think the diagnosis of sin ultimately points us to the remedy. And for that, it's grace. Right. But it's hard news to receive nonetheless. Right. So any pastor, preacher, teacher who doesn't shoot straight with us about the reality of our problems should be sued for spiritual mal malpractice. <laughs> That's right? right. If they don't tell me the truth, what's worse than a doctor doesn't tell you the truth? That's right. Yeah. But I think it, that also comes with helping people understand what health is. Yeah. And, and that's where uh, some preachers could have a danger of, of leading with sin. That I, I don't think that sin, I don't think the bad news in that sense is the place even to start with. Mm -hmm. We've got to be able to see God's character, His holiness, His love, His wisdom, mm -hmm. His power, what He created us for. Mm -hmm. um, to be able to really understand even the depths of our sin, you have to have that context of God's character, of His purposes in the world. Amen. You've been listening to the Gospel Coalition podcast. For more gospel-centered resources, visit thegospelcoalition.org. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Learn more and join us at tgc.org slash donate.